Thank you, Annie and Caleb. And I want to challenge you. It's a good thing, even better than applause, just to stop and worship the Lord. Lift your eyes and your voices to Him in response to the wonderful music ministry that God provides for us every week. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you here. Have you noticed that children have an innate ability to speak the truth with no window dressings whatsoever? Sometimes that uh, truth can be a little bit painful to receive. And that's no less the case with my grandkids back in Wisconsin. So this morning, this is a call out to my grandson, Ryan. I remember about a year ago when we were in Wisconsin visiting our family, and uh, the typical routine goes like this. When we're back in Wisconsin with my family, I usually roll out of bed in the morning, and my two grandsons, Ryan and Aiden, are just waiting at the bedroom door for me to come out. And the minute that door opens, they don't say good morning. They just pounce on me and want to wrestle before breakfast begins. So we were having a wrestling match one morning in particular. And I remember letting Ryan, who was then, I believe, six and a half, pin me. I just let him get me down and I cried out for relief. I said, you've done it. Let me go. And he finally let me up. A few moments later at the breakfast table, he looked at me. And he kind of looked up and down me and looked at my head, looked all the way down to my toes. And you have to know that our grandkids call their, both of their grandfathers by the same name, Papa. So he looked at me and he said, Papa, my other Papa is a lot stronger than you are. And then he looked for another moment or two, and he said, And you know, my other papa has a lot more hair than you do. <laughs> well, my ego was totally deflated at that point. I don't know what shape you're in physically this morning. Perhaps you're fighting the battle of the bulge. And maybe for some of you, your hair is either turning gray or turning loose. But the Bible tells us that God has given to each one of us an amazing, unique, spiritual shape. And He calls us to use that shape to serve others by surrendering our time, treasure, and talents to Him. Take the Pew Bible and turn to page 737. As we read from God's Word this morning, the words on the screen and that you'll hear me reading are from the God's Word translation, so it'll be a little bit different from what you're reading in the Pew Bible. Again, page 737. The Lord asked, Who then is the faithful, skilled manager that the Master will put in charge of giving the other servants their share of food at the right time. That servant will be blessed if his master finds him doing this job when he comes. I can guarantee this truth. 
He will put that servant in charge of all his property. On the other hand, that servant may think that his master is taking a long time to come home. The servant may begin to beat the other servants and to eat, drink, and get drunk. His master will return at an unexpected time. Then his master will punish him severely and assign him a place with unfaithful people. The servant who knew what his master wanted but didn't get ready to do it will receive a hard beating. But the servant who didn't know what his master wanted and did things for which he deserved punishment will receive a light beating. And our key verse this morning, a lot will be expected from everyone who has been given a lot and more will be demanded from everyone who has been entrusted with a lot. Now, perhaps you've grown accustomed to the pastor overseeing Black Rock's care area coming on occasion to give a state of the ministry update and challenge you about the significance of loving others. As important as this is, I hope you won't be too disappointed when I depart from that format today. This parable or story of the wise manager in Luke 12 drives home an important lesson. The lesson that each Christ follower, every one of us in this room who call Jesus Lord and Savior, needs to live in a state of constant readiness and preparation for his return. You see, the same Savior Jesus, whose victory over death and sin we celebrated just a week ago, gave this message through two angels. This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Loved ones, Jesus really is coming back to earth again. And through this and other Bible teachings, he's given each one of us clear instructions about how to live each day until that time. I discovered verse 48 as a college student when my spiritual mentor wrote it inside the Bible he gave to me as I stepped onto a plane departing from my hometown of Fairbanks, Alaska to the University of Miami in Coral Gables, Florida. Can you believe it? This kid who never knew temperatures above 60 or 70 degrees went all the way 2,000 miles away to a university that uh, I can remember no air conditioning in my dorm room, stepping out of the shower three or four times a day, toweling off, putting my clothes on, I'd be soaked. <laughs> in the air, I opened the cover and read, Much is required from those to whom much is given. 
and much more is required from those to whom much more is given. Now, as the child of parents who divorced when I was two, leaving my mother to struggle with a lifelong addiction that brought poverty and shame to our family, I didn't feel very blessed and wondered how this verse could possibly apply to me. It took years to understand that as the recipient of new life through Jesus, I'd been given the greatest treasure anyone can possess. And with this priceless gift of salvation came responsibility to live with the awareness that God now held the title deed to my life. In other words, He owns me. 1 Corinthians 6 says it all. You are not your own. You were bought with a great price. In light of this truth, I've tried to take regular inventory to help measure how surrendered I really am to Jesus' ownership of my life. Here's a good question for all of us to ask this morning and every day. Lord, how am I doing with the time, the treasure, and the talents you've entrusted to me? Lord, how well am I really doing with time, treasure, and the talents you've given to me? The Bible says we are all shaped to serve with our time. Have you taken time lately to consider that time is our only unrenewable resource? Think about that for a moment. By my calculation, a person living to 70 consumes 25,550 days. Sweetheart, that means only another 4,015 days before you collect on my insurance policy and move to the Bahamas with your boyfriend. <laughs> Be encouraged this morning. <laughs> now, no one has figured out how to stretch that by even a week or two. The best we can do is add an extra day to February every four years. So, you know, it's a good plan to be a bit more intentional about how we spend this most precious resource. Because, dear friends, once it's gone, it's gone for good. The author of Psalm 90 prays this prayer. Lord, teach us to make the most of our time so that we may grow in wisdom. So how do we make the most of our time here on earth? You know, I have the privilege of serving those in our church family when a loved one passes. 
And there's a common thread woven into my interaction with many grieving families. Comments like this. If only we had one more day together. I'd give anything for just a few more hours to say the things that I never said when my loved one was here with me. But they're gone. It's been said that the only thing we'll take with us from this life is our relationships. So perhaps the best use of our time is to build strong, trusting bonds with our biological and our spiritual families. Your spiritual family is sitting in this room all around you right now. Did you know that first century Christ followers were known for the quality of their relationships? In John 13, Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. One of the best ways to build loving relationships at BlackRock is by joining a community group. I'm not sure as your pastors, we've always done a good job about why we have this spiritual growth process in place that we developed a couple years ago. You know, the biggest reason for me behind coming to Sunday worship Joining a life class or a small group, committing to service and moving on to ownership is that one day I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus and he's going to ask me, how did you shepherd your wife, your children and those in your church family I entrusted into your care? And I better be able to give a good answer that I loved you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and did everything that I could to help you grow into the person Jesus died for you to be. That's why we encourage you to come to regular worship on the weekends. That's why we encourage you to become involved in a group experience that's why we want you to step in, up into serving opportunities because those are the ways that we grow to look more and more like Jesus every day. And I want to be able to present you to the Master one day saying, these loved ones became everything they were capable of being in you in part because we love them well. I'm deeply concerned that no one is overlooked in our church family. It pains me when anyone falls through the organizational cracks at BlackRock. This is especially true as we approach the time when we'll be meeting in temporary facilities. I urge each one of you today to make the most of your time by joining a small group so that when we don't have this building to connect us, 
will stay in vital contact with others in our Black Rock family. The Bible also teaches that we're shaped to serve with our treasure. Actually, it's God's treasure that He's entrusted to us for a season to manage for Him. In Psalm 24, King David says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all of its people belong to Him. As we mentioned earlier, God even owns us. You are not your own. You were bought with a great price. So in seeking to measure how we're dealing with His treasure, not ours, God's treasure, we must ask ourselves a tough question. Lord, Am I using the treasures you provided to bless others and touch them with your love? Am I really using my car, my home, my other material resources, the things you've entrusted to me to manage for a season to touch others with your love? And to let them know that you have an amazing plan for their lives. That's the standard that God sets for us. That cuts to the heart of the matter, doesn't it? We're reminded that the one dying with the most toys still dies. Right? The one dying with the most toys still dies. And has to give an accounting to the God who said, Don't store up treasures here on earth where they can be eaten by moths and grow rusty and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where they will never become moth-eaten or rusty and where they will be safe from thieves. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will be also. Finally, God tells us in the Bible that we're shaped to serve with our talents. Listen to Luke 12:48 in the Message Bible. Great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts even greater responsibilities. Let's take a moment to understand the difference between talents and spiritual gifts. Our talents, we all have them, even if you don't think you're a talented person, you are. Our talents are God-given natural abilities. They're with us from birth become apparent as we grow and develop through use. I have the talent of music. And it's pretty rusty these days because for two and a half years, Caleb's been trying to ask me to play a trumpet solo, and you haven't heard me yet, have you? (laughs) So my talent's a little rusty right now because I'm not using it. Talents develop 
with use. God intends us to use them productively and wisely. But spiritual gifts are very different. Spiritual gifts are special abilities. Special abilities given to us when we are born again and become Christ followers. They should rise to the surface as we grow daily in Christ and develop as we use them. God intends us to use our spiritual gifts for the growth and the health of His family, the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, we're told that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it is the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service in the church, but it is the same Lord we are serving. There are different ways God works in our lives But it is the same God who does the work through all of us. Listen to this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us, every one of us, as a means of helping the entire church. And in 1 Peter 4.10, we learn that each one should use whatever gift he has received To serve others. To serve faithfully administrating or administering God's grace in all its various forms. So here's another way to understand the spiritual gifts which we were all given when we became Christ followers. They help direct and supercharge our service to others. Your spiritual gifts help slot you in the body of Christ, giving you a unique serving identity that no one else has in quite the same way you do. One of my spiritual gifts is encouragement, which allows me to speak life-giving words that strengthen and sustain my brothers and sisters in Christ during challenging times. Now, I don't take any credit for that. That's God's gift that he's placed in my life. And I have the ability through the Holy Spirit to speak words of encouragement into your life when you're hurting and struggling. So it makes perfect sense that God has placed me in a role where most of my days are devoted to comforting, encouraging, and helping those with various kinds of needs. And the same thing is true of you. Your spiritual gift will help place you in a position that we call our serving sweet spot. Athletes speak about hitting the ball in the sweet spot, which simply means making contact with the bat, the club, or the racket, where the ball travels the farthest and has the most power. Athletes always know when they've hit the ball in the sweet spot because there's a certain sound that comes off of that bat or that racket and they just know I've hit a winner. I've noticed that when I'm serving others in my spiritual sweet spot, 
more genuine good is accomplished than I could ever accomplish in my own natural strength. And the same will be true for you. In the Purpose Driven Life, Pastor Rick Warren shares that one reason why we need to be connected to a church family is to fulfill our calling to serve other believers in practical ways. We don't just come to worship together on Sundays. We need to be connected to a church family so that we have opportunities to use the spiritual gifts entrusted to us to serve others in the family of God. The Bible says all of you together are Christ's body. And each one of you is a separate and absolutely necessary part of it. Your service is desperately needed in the body of Christ. If you're not sure about that, just ask any one of your pastors. Every week, ministry remains undone at Black Rock Church because we need more people stepping up to serve along the lines of their spiritual gifts. Each of us has a role to play and every role is important. Did you know that there is no small service to God? It all matters to Him. Whenever you serve others, you are actually serving God and fulfilling one of your unique purposes. In other words, we're all uniquely designed or shaped to serve God. I'm excited to tell you that starting... During the week of April 29th, those who have joined our community groups will begin to discover their God-given design by using the shape acrostic. In this model, S stands for spiritual gifts. So those in our small groups are going to be discovering their spiritual gifts. H is for heart. What really drives you? What are you passionate about? What moves you in your heart? A is for abilities. What abilities has God entrusted to you? P is for personality. And E is for experience. It's not too late to join a group and learn how God has beautifully formed you for an exciting and fulfilling purpose. As a Christ follower. There's a popular idiom that expresses total devotion to a cause. I I could spend all of my time keeping up with the younger staff in terms of expressions and I've given up. I think Pastor Larry's in the same boat with me. But there's a new expression I hear all the time that really kind of captures total passion and devotion to the cause. It goes like this. I'm all in. I'm all in. So if you hear anybody saying, I'm all in, now you know what they're trying to say. When it comes to serving others with our time, treasure, and talents, God expects us to be all in and passionately committed to the cause. Jesus is the ultimate model of a servant. Mark 10.45 declares, Jesus didn't come so that others could serve Him. 
He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many people. Now, part of my thunder has been taken away on the screen, but let me just share with you. In a declaration given at California's Angel Stadium in April 2005, Rick Warren gave what I consider to be the greatest, most passionate proclamation of the Christ follower's call to service. Let me share these impassioned words with you. Pastor Warren says it this way. Today I'm stepping across the line. I'm tired of waffling and I'm finished with wavering. I've made my choice. The verdict is in and my decision is irrevocable. I'm going God's way. There's no turning back now. I'll live the rest of my life serving God's purpose with God's people on God's planet for God's glory. I'll use my life to celebrate his presence, cultivate his character, participate in his family, demonstrate his love and communicate his word. Since my past has been forgiven and I have a purpose for living and a home waiting in heaven, I refuse to waste any more time or energy on shallow living, petty thinking, trivial talking, thoughtless doing, useless regretting, hurtful resenting, or faithless worrying. Instead, I'll magnify God, grow to maturity, serve in ministry, and fulfill my mission in the membership of His family. Because this life is preparation for the next, I'll value worship over wealth, we over me, Character over comfort, service over status, and people over possessions, position, and pleasures. I know what matters most, and I'll give it all I've got. I'll do the best I can with what I have for Jesus Christ today. I won't be captivated by culture, manipulated by critics, motivated by praise, frustrated by problems, debilitated by temptation, or intimidated by the devil. I'll keep running my race with my eyes on the goal, not the sidelines and not those running by me. When times get tough and I get tired, I won't back up, back off, back down, back out, or backslide. I'll just keep moving forward by God's grace. I'm spirit-filled, purpose-driven, and mission-focused. So I cannot be bought, I will not be compromised, and I shall not quit until I finish the race. I'm a trophy of God's amazing grace, so I'll be gracious to everyone, grateful for every day, and generous with everything that God entrusts to me. To my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I say, however, whenever, wherever, and whatever you ask me to do, my answer in advance is yes. Wherever you lead and whatever the cost, I'm ready anytime, anywhere, any way. Whatever it takes, Lord. Whatever it takes. I want to be used by you in such a way that on that final day, I'll hear you say, Well done, thou good and faithful service, servant. Come on in and let the eternal party 
begin. Stand with me as we pray together. Father God, I pray that would be the kind of passion in which we walk every day. And Lord, I pray that as we consider that question, how am I doing with the time, the treasure, and the talents you've entrusted to me? Am I touching others with God's love and pointing the way into the marvelous plan that you've designed for each and every person? Lord, help me to be true to the call that you placed upon my life, to the shape that you've given me spiritually to serve others with everything I have and everything I am. And now, Lord, I pray that your amazing grace, that your love that surpasses our understanding, your peace that goes beyond our ability to comprehend, would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus throughout this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.